0: All right, back on the Young Turks. Uh, Now joining me, Mike Mineta, uh, National Director for Wolfpack. Uh, Mike, great to have you back in the studio. Um, So uh, Wolfpack is a nonpartisan organization to get money out of politics or to end the corruption. There's a lot of different ways to end the corruption. And obviously, uh, we've talked a lot about this. Most of our viewers know it. It's to get an amendment and and, uh, have a convention and discuss those different ways to end the corruption. Now, you guys are doing a movie. That's the part we that's are. a little different, right? Totally so, new for us. Yes, so why is a group trying to get an amendment doing a movie? Well in short, uh, to
1: let more people know that there's a way to actually fix this problem. You know, right now, uh, you know, we've got over 50,000 volunteers, but we need more. We need more people to come into this movement. And honestly, I think people need to know that we don't have to just wait around on Congress. We don't have to wait for the Supreme Court to get this done, and that's a a big part of what drew me initially to Wolfpack. You know, as as a volunteer in the beginning, Uh, there's a lot of groups out there, there's a lot of a lot of plans, but the thing that drew me the most to Wolfpack's plan was that we can take matters into our own hands to solve this. And you know, when you we talk about waiting on Congress, I mean, you're you're talking about a body of government that. You know, has a lower approval rating than some diseases, right? And yeah. that's a lot of people. Are just let you know their their plan is to let's hope that we get two thirds of them to you know want to change the way that they got elected into power. So that never really seemed realistic to me. And uh, you know, just I guess to give the, the audience anyone who might not have the uh, full background uh, why Wolfpack exists, why this this option that we're pursuing exists, it goes all the way back to 1787 to the. Initial convention in Philadelphia that drafted our constitution.
0: Hold on, Mike. Uh, So uh, I wanna get to talk about convention because it it was really dangerous. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, by the way, if you guys wanna contribute, uh, this is a multi-million dollar project. So we need just three or four million, I'm kidding, it's only (laughs) 50,000 and and you can make a compelling movie that gives people hope about how to fix this thing, wolf-pack.com slash film, okay? Wolfpack.com/film. It's right there on the screen, we'll have it as a link down below. You can just click on that link uh, if you're watching later on YouTube or Facebook or any of the platforms. Uh, and by the way, it's already past $18,000, so we almost like in just in 24 hours-
1: Absolutely amazing. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're,
0: we're really, really getting there and I really wanna give a shout out later to folks uh, who've given money to that and thank you for your wonderful contributions, but Mike, uh, The opponents, and there's opponents to this process because they say a convention is dangerous, often point back to that original convention. And not just Republicans, but Democrats, that's why you guys are, I mean, you are the most nonpartisan group there is, Mm -hmm. cuz both the corrupt Democrats and the corrupt Republicans are not on your side Mm -hmm. and fight you vigorously. They go, that convention was so dangerous, it it produced the greatest document known to man. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Wait, what? Well, (laughs) opposition from any
1: way you look at it doesn't make sense. But for us to explain that to people is a little bit exhausting, honestly. Right now, it's Wolfpack against the world, as you know, right? Yep. And thankfully, we have the most resilient volunteers in the world. Um, So, uh, look, it's- it takes it takes about forty five minutes, I would say, to give someone all of the background about a convention, why we're doing it, why they should feel comfortable with it, and uh, that's why we want to make a film because we want to we want to go talk to these experts who you know who know about this process, and that includes our volunteers, by the way. Our volunteers have read a lot of them, all of the uh, peer reviewed reports done by the Department of Justice, Congressional Research Service, American Bar Association. I mean, our volunteers are the most educated. Uh, and I would say in the entire country, they're more educated than most college professors on this issue. So we I, I wanna talk to them.
0: Yeah, so Mike, I don't even think that's uh, arguable. So unfortunately, everybody says that fixing our elections is the number one issue. I don't think hardly anyone means it because, okay, then what's your plan? Like, ah, oh, it's hard, right? Yeah, we know it's hard. So, But if you give up, that means we're never gonna win on any issue. Any issue that you care about, whether you're a progressive and you say, "Look, I really want Medicare for all because I don't want my kid getting cancer and then we don't have money for it," and etc. That's a, cruel, a cruelty I cannot stand. Or someone else's kid getting it. Or you're a conservative and you care about balanced budgets. Something. When's the last time they ever balanced the budget? They're not going to do it, right? Why? Because crony capitalism. So and so, but then you go say, "Okay, how are you going to fix it?" Everybody's like, "Well, S- just look at the the Democratic
1: debates." I think it was the very last one where. I think it was Chuck Dodd who said, you know, what's the one thing? If you can only do one thing in your administration, what would it be? I am, I am still surprised that that wasn't the only answer that every single candidate gave. Like, I'm blown away by that. Like, they're talking about doing their pet issues still and ignoring that it it doesn't matter. Really? You're going to do your one thing and then let everything else not get accomplished because you're not going to fix the corruption first. It's, it is astonishing that more people don't fully grasp that.
0: Yeah, look, I I actually think some of the Democrats have interesting policies like Kirsten Gillibrand uh, talks about, uh, uh, Andrew Yang talks about democracy dollars. Give everybody in uh, in America $100 to give the politicians cuz it empowers you and not the corporations and not the incredibly wealthy. Mm -hmm. Kirsten Gillibrand said, "Oh yeah, let's make it $600. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting proposal, at least she's thinking about it, and at least that's a plan. Bernie Sanders said at the end of the debate, what good are any of these plans if we can't ever pass them? But honestly, his plank is a little mediocre on this. And so all of these politicians, whether they're Democrats, and look look at the Republican side. Trump said drain the swamp, and that's the number one problem. People love that. That's why they voted for Trump. He went on stage, his most popular line was, I already bought everybody on the stage. Mm -hmm. I gave them money and they did exactly what I wanted. Republican voters love that cuz they knew that it was true. So what is Trump doing about it? Nothing. And so look. When you say the volunteers know better, they know way better, Our volunteers know way better than the politicians, and and mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, a lot of the professors they stop at. Did you know that the original Constitutional Convention ran away? Yeah. Oh really? Oh no wonder you became a professor, dog. <laughs> okay. And so yeah. and and that's yeah. not the real story, and that's why the movie is going to tell the real story. Yeah, and it's important for people to realize that it's not about one
1: person anyway. It's not about one politician. Uh, that's no one person is going to be able to solve this problem. It's it's just too massive, and uh, so we have to build a movement, right? And that's why this film is important because people do need to realize that if we follow this path, we can actually end this corruption. We can do it, and it's following historical precedents. We've done this before. You know, we've it, this goes back all the way to the Bill of Rights. Congress did not want to propose those ten amendments. New York and Virginia called for a convention to be able to propose them, and Congress just said, "All right, let's do it." And then that has continued all the way throughout our history, the 17th Amendment, is that's the most par- uh, parallel situation we, that we have to today because people looked at the US Senate as corrupt. There was, uh, it was very overt corruption. They used to leave bags of cash at state houses mm-hmm. and the state legislatures would appoint who they wanted to the US Senate. People hated it. So they used every tool they had. They did petitions, state level legislation, uh, ballot ref- you know, referendums, uh, resolutions asking Congress. All the things that are happening right now around this movement of corruption. But it wasn't until they came in one by one and started applying for a convention to be able to address that one issue where Congress finally did it. And they got all the way to just one state shy of the two thirds needed to force
0: a convention. So I love it. Look, there's a lot of good folks who are working on this issue and they mean well. But guys, unless you have the convention as an option, they ain't gonna do it. The guys who were getting bags of money back in the day before the 17th Amendment. You think they were gonna voluntarily give away their power? No. But when the convention came up as a possibility, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we we meant direct election of senators. Of course we did. No, 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 don't you don't do it, we do it, so we take credit. Mm-hmm. And so, and here in this case, it's actually better, in a sense, easier, because you're gonna liberate those politicians. They actually hate doing the donor calls mm-hmm. for Four, five hours a day, imagine how grueling and demeaning that is. Please give me money, I will serve you, I will serve you, please give me money. Mm-hmm. For four to five hours every single day. And and I I actually think the corruption today is worse than it was back then. Cuz back then it was still yeah. illegal, you had to commit a crime to That's do it. Right. Now we legalize the bribery and we celebrate <laughs> politicians like <laughs> Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. who go, Oh, I got the most bribes, I brought it yeah. over. Half a billion dollars worth of bribes to the Democratic Party. And that's why I should be the leader. And they agree and they make her leader. Yep. Right? That's the system in Congress right now. And again, though, to go
1: back to 1787, at the end of that convention in Philadelphia, Congress was going to be the only body of government that could propose amendments to, to change the Constitution. And one of them stood up, George Mason, and he said, Hold on, there's a flaw here. What if Congress becomes the problem? Right? What if Congress is, you know corrupt, and, and, and is oppressive, then we've got to give people another way to be able to amend this document. And that's when they put in the state-based route into our Constitution. So there are some people that want to avoid that part of the Constitution and say, no, we should just trust Congress. And to us, that's, that seems really naive, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And by the way, we don't have time. This is an extremely urgent issue at this point. I mean, we have people dying, and I always go back to this this one example of kids that are dying because they're rationing their insulin. I, I just can't even wrap my head around that. And insulin was, I'm sure you know the story, the patent was sold for $1 because the person who, the inventors wanted to make sure that everyone who needed it had it. And that has turned into this disgusting, corrupt system here where they're upcharging for that drug by like 17, 18,000%. And we have 22-year-old kids dying. Because of it, so we don't have time to wait on this system of government and Congress.
0: Let alone climate change. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this: forty-five thousand people die. die, Forty-five thousand people die every single year because they don't have health insurance. That's unreal. That's that's Vietnam-level deaths every single year because hey, you weren't rich enough. Your kids weren't rich enough, and so it's an. But all of those come back to. Because they work for the drug companies, they work for the health insurance companies, they work for the oil companies, they work for the banks, etc. Look, we're gonna run out of time, but I gotta say a couple of things, and I wanna go back to the movie real quick. So the original convention that they had is not like the one in the in the Constitution. The Constitution described how the convention is going to be to propose amendments. It's different. But even that original convention, people are like, "Oh yeah. Uh, It just, once they came out, Ben Franklin said, we have a document. No, it got ratified. It actually got got proposed to Congress
1: first and then it got ratified. So yes. that's the real precedent of 1787, and that's exactly, some of our opposition says that's the only precedence we have, which isn't true for a lot of reasons that we'll explain in the
0: film. <laughs> exactly, look, we don't have time but, here to explain yeah. the whole story. That's why we're doing the movie, okay, yes. wolf packcom slash film. Because when you watch it, you'll go, "Oh, now that makes sense. Like the, Now even Democrats who are opposed to it, they're like, no, we don't want you to amend the Constitution because that could affect the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights are amendments. So like they yeah. they can't it's amazing that they don't realize the irony of that mm-hmm. statement. So last thing, Mike, if so a lot of people are given already you and we gotta we can put it over the top at slash film. But so how are you gonna make the movie? and, and what do people yeah. get, et cetera? For, well,
1: for- the reason we need to raise this money is because we need to hire professionals. Who know how to do this stuff, right? Right. You could, if, you, if you've seen my promo video, you'll see it's not perfect. Uh, you
0: know, and I, and so uh, for two reasons, so uh, number one, um, uh, the audio is a little off, that's why you gotta I, hire professionals. Just to name one. Yes. Yeah, number two, he's wearing a Bill Belichick shirt, and that is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. That is the other thing that all yes. Americans can agree on, yes. uh, of being anti-Belichick, that's the next amendment, yes. Yeah, I've gotten some crap for that too. Uh, yes, the <laughs> cropping's not perfect,
1: you know, yeah, just. Uh, we need to hire professionals uh, so the audio will be, will be perfect. Uh, we need to travel, right? We have uh, people lined up all over the country. We've got professors, scholars, volunteers uh, from coast to coast. So that's, that's expensive, obviously, to be able to do that. And we're grassroots at Wolfpack. We we are funded by people paying 10 bucks a month. So to be able to add on to what we're already doing and make a film is a lot. So if we can hit the $50,000 mark, it's gonna help us a lot. If we can keep going, that would be great too. But that's- you know that's that is a minimum that we're going to need to be able to make this.
0: Yeah, and there's some great perks. Some great folks have. Two people have already given five thousand that lets you come to the studio and and watch the show with us, etc. You don't have to give that much. You just five bucks, whatever you can afford, and, it, and all of it makes a difference. But five hundred dollars gets you a screening with online screening with me and Professor Larry Lessig, who's an absolute hero in in this campaign, and so. Check it out, It's they're all on wolf-pack.com slash film, and, and let's get this done because you've got to tell the story. And even for politicians, you'd be shocked at how much they don't know. And people are visual, instead of trying to explain it to them in a way, here, watch this movie. And then you can show it to family and friends. And at the end of the day, what it is is hope for actually fixing the system, cuz we already know the plan, We are, it's already worked. A great number of times, we've got over two dozen amendments, partly half of them because we did this. We did this exact same plan. We have a proven plan, people don't know about it. That's why you need the movie. Mike, thanks so much for coming in, really appreciate it. Okay, thanks for having me. All right, brother, good to have you. Okay, all right, when we come back, Greg Pallas is gonna join us, and he's got an amazing story about how there's more racial voter suppression going on. So don't go anywhere, we'll come right back. All right, back on the Young Turks. Uh, so I checked wolf-pack.com slash film uh, during the break, of course, boom, over 19,000, uh, 19,005. And then I refreshed right before we came on air, wrong, 19,284. Uh, so let's keep it going, brothers and sisters, okay? Um, and uh, and tonight, by the way, I'm going to be on uh, Cuomo primetime on CNN, uh, it's at 9 o'clock Eastern to talk about Acosta and Epstein and I'm going to breathe fire on that. So don't miss that. It's going to be great. Speaking of not missing things, uh right after this next interview, uh the last half of the young Turks of course for members, Anna is going to come back and Alonzo's going to come back and JR is going to join them. It's going to be a wonderful post game. So tytcom trial to become a member. Okay. Joining me now in studio is Greg Palace. He's a uh Investigative reporter, uh, in fact, award-winning, in fact, you just won an award uh, for Investigative Journalist, International uh, Journalist of the Year in
2: uh, in Mexico. Uh,
0: yes. The Association of Mexican Journalists gave that to you. Yes,
2: throughout Latin America, so I was the International Journalist of the Year, um, cementing my post as prophet outcast in his own land, a lot of it for my investigations. Actually in the fixing of the elections in Georgia, how Stacey Abrams uh, lost, that was big news actually throughout Latin America. You know, mm-hmm. uh, about a billion people of color uh, concerned about what's happening here in the U.S. with apartheid elections, and also because back in 2006, the current president of Mexico had won his election. I investigated that too. So you know, I've been doing investigations of fixed elections all over the planet. But yeah, so Greg. Here too. Um-
0: Latin Americans would they know anything about Americans fixing elections?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, because they use the same they use the same consultants to do the fixing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah that's 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 the trick. So you know, I mean, you see some of the same cats like Karl Rove et cetera, down down there working their systems. But I'm really worried because I broke a story back in 2016 for Rolling Stone and then on here and Young Turks that there was a system called Crosscheck created by a guy named Chris Kobach of Kansas. Or KKK, as we call him, and uh, no one knew who he was then. You kind of introduced him. Uh, you know, he's the vote thief in chief for Donald Trump, and he had a system called Interstate Cross Check, in which he started removing people who are voting twice. You know, all these evil fraudulent voters, uh, like uh, David, like well, for example, James Brown. Five hundred thirty-five guys named James Brown in Georgia voting in other states because they found you know James Brown and in Detroit, and they found James Brown in Arizona. Even though one was James Thomas Brown, the other was James Edward Brown, said same guy voting twice, remove him. And the trick was, 85 of the, of the 100 most common last names in America are minority names, Rodriguez, uh, uh, you know, Nguyen, Black, Johnson, etc. So it's a wonderful way, and they knocked off 1.1 million minority voters in 2016. That could have been the number that uh, that put Trump over the top, not the voters, but the trick by Kobach. The good news is that we've just about killed off that program with exposure. The bad news is that they've got a new one, and, this, and so, that's what I'm concerned with: new new programs. So I'm very
0: concerned about 2020. We're going to get to that yep. in a second. But you know, I just had an epiphany. So we talked about cross-check. I've talked about it on the show a number of times. And I know that trick, and I know that Asians have the, I think, the most common last names, yes. and then Latinos, and then African Americans. For and and I used to say, for whatever reason, white folks have a variety of last names, so it doesn't affect them as much. When Republicans notice that, they're like. Perfect, we'll say they have the same name, right. it's the same guy, we'll cross them off and it'll hit minorities harder which vote more democratic. But one thing I had not realized until you were just talking about it, Greg, is the reason African Americans have similar last names is because of the plantations. Slavery. And 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 they would take on the, the last names of the slave owners. And, and all of them would have the same last name from the same plantation right So, so it is slavery raining down on us for another round of discrimination. That's of right slavery
2: doesn't leave us it com- it works right into massive voter purging And you know so it, you know the idea that slavery is something that used to be, no, it's still echoing and they understand it and they use it because they understand these demographic uh, issues. And even in the new gimmick, like the new one I've, I've just uncovered, Okay, in Georgia, I've just filed a lawsuit, a federal lawsuit against Brian Kemp, who is now Governor Kemp. He was Secretary of State Kemp in charge of the election in which he ran for governor. He wiped out, just before the election, over half a million voters. I sued him in federal court and got the list of all the voters in Georgia that were purged. And mostly for having left the state or moved. I then got the nation's top experts from Silicon Valley, took the computer tapes, had them go name by name. And they said, with absolute 100% certainty, 340,134 people, overwhelmingly minorities, third of a million people, never left their registration homes, but they lost their right to vote. And you might say, well, how did they pick out minorities? Well, again, they understand the demographics. And they're really good at this stuff, really good, okay? So what they did was they said if people missed two federal elections, okay, you, you blew off the 2016 election, or like me, I got assigned out of state and I lost my vote, I didn't have a chance to, to vote. Um, and if you missed the mid, uh, a midterm, like in 14, because there was, especially in black areas, there were uh, uncontested congressional elections, people didn't bother to vote, missed two, you get a postcard. You don't return the postcard, you lose your vote. Now, I say, well, okay, so return the postcard. The answer is it looks like junk mail. And minorities and low-income people and students, another blue demographic, move. Um, So what the census found, they they measured this. They said, you're about 600% more likely to return a postcard from the government if you're white, suburban, and a homeowner and elderly than if you're black, urban, and young. Um, you're, you know, th- They understand the demographics, and it's not small, I, one third of a million people. And by the way, in the third of a million people was included Christine Ford, I, cuz I had the list. I went to the polls, um, and Christine Ford was there, she tried to vote. She's 92 years old, well now she's 93, Martin Luther King's cousin. I think we have a tape of that. Do you have the tape of yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, oh, can we roll that, guys? Has this ever happened to you
0: before? Never.
2: How long you been voting?
0: All my life, ever since
1: I was older, But I didn't vote right here. Ever since 1968. Yeah.
2: And it's just, it's horrible. And and I say that because the West End, she's been in this community back when we could. When they were doing sit ins, she held civil rights meetings in her home. And today, to come out and not be able to vote and no one can give you an explanation like it's extremely emotional and it bothers me. It bothers me to my core. Like, there's actually no record of her whatsoever voting in any election whatsoever, and it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. So Greg, she's Martin Luther King's cousin? Yeah, we didn't know that when I took the film. Uh-huh. Her, her niece was ab- absolutely distraught. She's talking about civil rights meetings at home, because it was Mart- where Martin Luther King went after his sermons on Sunday. And they would have the, the, uh, the meetings for the civil rights movement in her home. Makes sense. Here's and from for 50 years, but what happened, she got a postcard. Okay, And by the way, she never missed voting. But understand, they have all kinds of ways to send you postcards, we call it purge by postcard. She's 92, her niece has to come over and read the mail. There's tons of it, it looks like junk mail gets thrown out. That's what happens. And so what happens, they understand the demographic that they're hitting. And, and they also know how to get to the white voters and say, look out for this stuff, you've gotta return this postcard. You know, so you'd say, well, okay, it's just a postcard, but it isn't. The, the, just so you know, the National Voter Registration Act says in like hard black type you may not remove anyone from the voter rolls for not voting. In America, you have the right to vote, right not to vote. Right. So what are they doing? They're saying, oh, we're not saying that these people are being removed because they missed a couple votes, because that's absolutely against federal law. What they're saying is, they didn't vote and they didn't return a postcard, Oh, they must have moved away. Yeah. Now, it's insane, but it's it affects about not just Georgia, about 30 states, GOP states are using this to just erase voter rolls.
0: So Greg, uh, let's dive in the numbers real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so 340,000 people wiped off the rolls in Georgia. Illegally. And how much did Kemp beat Stacey Abrams by theoretically? Uh, 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 Officially, 54,000 votes. So if those 340,000 got the vote, there's an excellent chance she would have won.
2: Well, according to Stacey Abrams, she quotes that 340,000 number from me. And she said, because of that, there is no question that I won, but I was not inaugurated. And I bless her for saying it. So is there any shot at justice or no, we cheated, we won, who cares, it's over? Uh, Both. There's a shot at justice so we've already been shot by injustice. Stacey Abrams started it by being one of the first Democratic candidates ever to say, I lost an election because of racial vote manipulation. Others say, oh, well, I don't want to attack the, the Democratic process like Al Gore. You know, I did the, the story back in 2000 where uh, Catherine Harris, a Republican Secretary of State, removed tens of thousands of black folk from the voter rolls saying that they were felons who couldn't vote. About 58,000 were removed almost all black, no guessing because it says BLA next to their names in Georgia rolls. And um, not one, not a single one was an ex-con, not one. That's what elected George Bush. This has been happening every time, every four years as a new gimmick. So it's like whack-a-mole, I expose one, they, they come up with another. So we expose crosscheck, we expose the fake felon purge, now they have this purge by postcard saying you don't live there anymore. Chris Kobach spreading this over 30 states. The GOP is going to use this. Crosscheck wiped out 1.1 million voters in uh, in 2016, wrongly. They couldn't identify any double voters from that list, not one. They removed a million people. And I think that this is going to remove double that. Okay, so Greg, we're running out of time, and
0: so I wanna ask you about one more set of numbers. Mm -hmm. Trump won Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin by 78,000 votes. Right, That's just 39,000 people if they flip, right? But Mm -hmm. forget the flipping, let's just call it 78,000. How many people do you think were wiped off the voter rolls in 2016
2: across the country? Uh, We know 14 million according to the Brennan Center, that's accurate, about at least 3 million illegally wrongly removed. I can tell you in Michigan, I spoke to Secretary of State, I went there right after the election. At least 60,000 people wrongly removed by cross check, no one double voted, they didn't arrest anyone. That was a complete steal, Wisconsin, there were a non-count of votes. By the way, the so-called recount was stopped in a federal court by Trump's lawyers. So, It was seven, there were about um, 100,000 ballots which were simply rejected and never counted in Madison and Milwaukee, Democratic counties, Pennsylvania, very similar story, a non count of votes which could not be recounted because of the machines they use, Ohio, Arizona, Iowa, other suspect states. Yeah, I mean, get a load of this uh, final irony.
0: Um, And this just occurred to me as you stated the numbers. Three million people illegally taken off the voter rolls that helped Trump win. The number he always uses as the number of people who voted fake votes <laughs> is three million. Now remember, there were no three million fake voters. He tried Chris Kobach's- uh- Well,
2: they're looking for the alien voters. And I said, show me them. Where is Jose coming out of the uh, out of the Rio Grande to vote for Hillary Clinton? Mm-hmm. Where is that voter?
0: Yeah, none, they never had any evidence, they had to shut down the commission, deeply embarrassed. Chris Kobach was the head of that commission, and they tucked tail and ran cuz they were lying all the way. It turns out the real three million was actually in their favor because they got rid of those voters. And that is exactly what the Republican Party and Trump does every time. It's projection, whatever they're guilty of, they claim the Democrats did or the other side did.
2: It's not estimating. We have the names and addresses of people wrongly removed. So everybody check out gregpalace.com. You're gonna find out a lot more there,
0: gregpalace.com. Okay, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. We got a lot of work to do. Exactly right, because the next election's coming up. We gotta get vigilant right now. All right, everybody, great post games coming up. Anna, Alonzo, and Jr. Uh, so tyt.com slash trial to become a member, check out the post game. And I'll see you guys on CNN at 9 o'clock as well, all right, we'll see you soon.